Hi, and welcome to the first Finance Matters of 2019. Finance Matters is a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes that they'll be useful to you on this road that we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer. I'm here today with my co-host, Patty Marbury of Finance Outreach and Compliance. Hi. Hey. And we are so lucky today to have a guest with us. Today we've got Lisa Harris, who is the Senior Learning and Development Consultant as a part of UVA's Talent Development Group. And that's a really long title (laughs) to tell you that Lisa is a specialist on some really interesting topics. Thank you for coming to be with us. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is our first podcast of 2019. It Woo-hoo. is. Yeah, it I'm is. Yep. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> you guys. And we're breaking it, breaking out the New Year by, uh, by talking about something really interesting, I think, for our audience today. Mm-hmm. Um, as a part of her work with talent development and training, Lisa teaches a class called Bridging the Generation Gap. And if you think about the people that you work with day in and day out, now, just imagine this. Don't say anything out loud. There's probably a couple of your coworkers that if you had a choice, you'd rather not work with them. And think about that for a minute. Are they older than you or are they significantly younger than you? If you spend a lot of your time thinking, that person just doesn't get where I'm coming from, it may be because you're working with a generation gap. Um, we are three Gen Xers sitting here talking to you today, <laughs> so there are no gaps so we with us. We're all good. We get each other. It's going to be an easy conversation. Yeah. We think about things the correct way. So for Lisa, we're on cusp. Yes, we're cuspers. Anybody that sits right on the edge of their year is a cusp. I'm a cusper, cusping, cusping being a millennial. Oh, Brandy, yeah. yeah. Okay. 77. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think we're Don't all... rub it in, Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting... We're, we're cuspers on the other end. That's right. It's that's getting right. less and less frequent that I can say I'm the youngest in anything. Yeah. So. Anyway, let me have it. <laughs> there you go. So we have a really interesting conversation today with Lisa's expertise on the challenges that can arise by having many different generations in the workplace, the challenges and also the rewards, because there's a lot of richness in terms of diverse background and diverse experiences and ways of looking at things. I mean, if you think about it for a few minutes, the experience that you had, you in the listening audience, growing up, going to college, and going through the workforce so far, versus the experience that your older or your younger colleagues have had, it is obvious how it makes for a very different person mm-hmm. in the end. Yes. Um, not only because you know your younger coworker can fix your computer in 10 seconds, whereas you <laughs> might want to kick it out into the highway, but because we just we had different experience. We were formed and shaped in a different way. So we're going to talk a little bit broadly about some of those categories, but basically they're ones that you're probably all familiar with. Um, so you'll hear us throwing around terms like baby boomers and Gen Xers and millennials and so forth. And, but we'll have some reference material linked in the show notes so you can go back and look at those groups more specifically and see how they are similar and different and the characteristics of each of them. So to start with, Lisa, I've talked far too much. Um, we're talking about the generation gap, and maybe it might be um, helpful to start off with what's at stake here. Um, if we don't, if we're not aware of this in our workplace, what do we risk? 
I, I think it's an excellent question because I think the biggest thing that we end up risking is we miss the opportunity to learn from each other. We actually miss the opportunity to grow uh, individually and collectively as an organization. I think we actually miss the opportunity to take the, the diversity of our skills and our life experiences that you shared and actually impact the work that we do and the world that we serve. And so by not um, bridging that gap and learning from each other and not um, having the uh, courage and or the opportunity to reach out, I think we missed the opportunity to go from where we are today to where we really need to be when we're looking at change and growth and development. And we can also spend a lot of time needlessly frustrated at one another. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And we end up making um, decisions or judgments that end up keeping us from actually engaging people in a way that helps them grow and develop and helps us grow and develop as yeah. well. So that judgment factor is probably the most critical part of bridging this gap is when I see you, what are the first thoughts that I have about who you are and what I think you are in terms of what I've read or what I have experienced? Because that judgment means I won't ask you the questions I should ask you, I won't engage you the way I should because I've already put you in a box versus allowing you the opportunity to really um, deliver who your best self really is. And mm -hmm. that's the cr most critical thing in bridging that gap. Allow a person, a group of people, the whole generations to be who they are individually and to represent their generation with the same love and excitement and vigor that you would everybody else's. But, but as you said that, it, it's, it is important to allow others to be who they are. But like you just said, it starts with having to change your own mindset Absolutely. about that. Yeah. And so putting aside judgments and things like that. Yeah. We often say it's so important in this uh, particular area to rethink your mindset. Mm -hmm. Like literally when you step in, if you're the older person and you have a millennial who actually shows up, what are your first thoughts about that millennial, right? Mm -hmm. And whatever that is, you need to suspend that judgment because you could be assuming a whole lot. Like we assume that they love technology, but there are some people who didn't grow up with technology. And so you're putting something on them that may or may not be the, the, the truth for them. So mm -hmm. suspend the judgment and rethink it and mm -hmm. allow them to just be them. Poor millennials, they're the generation that killed everything. <laughs> and it, that's probably a, that, an interesting point to make that maybe, is it maybe that the youngest generation is the one that more they're, everybody's writing about right now? Yeah. So we yes. may have yeah. more um, thoughts about that younger generation because they're an unknown in reality and then to our limited perspectives, maybe they're the one that we know the most generic information yes. about yes. from the news media. Yes. And since my husband doesn't listen to the podcast, I can safely say, no, knowing he won't hear this, he, <laughs> he works for the... about millennials. Yeah, he does. He does. And he, he works with the Forest Service, and he just started a, a really cool program that brings in AmeriCorps kids. Well, so really well, they're nice. not really kids. They're about 20-something in, in that range. And he has, with the last two groups, expressed surprise at different things that they've done and said and views that they've had because his view going in was, millennials. <laughs> and yeah, so you can have some really strong mm -hmm. preconceived notions, especially about those younger generations. Yeah. Even if your preconceived notion happens to be true. So, so like, that's you, fine too. Your, yeah. yes. your comment about, well, maybe they don't really love technology, mm -hmm. but maybe they do. Right. Yeah. And so, the whole thing about bridging the gap mm -hmm. really is to accept that. Absolutely. And get what's good out of that. Absolutely. Because there's good from all of it. All of it. Yeah. And another thing to remember is that at one point in time, 
every generation was the newest generation. Absolutely. Right? Right. So, so at some point in time, even if you're the traditionalist or whatever, there was a generation before you and before that that thought some of the same things that you're now thinking of a younger generation, right? Mm-hmm. So if we just recognize that, that should help us embrace the fact that we were all at one point judged. And so now here's our chance not to be that. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because Patty and I have been fortunate enough as a part of the podcast to get to talk to people about different things, different kinds of diversity. Age diversity had really not been one that we had talked about. And it, it is fun to, well, fun in the sense that it's interesting to sit and think about how you may judge people you work with based on their outward appearance of their age and where you think Mm -hmm. they are and what you think they value. Um, And as you've mentioned, some of it may be, accurate yes and but things that we need to work with mm-hmm. and partner up on yeah. and some of it may be things that are not really based in reality yeah. so practically speaking <laughs> you as as always mm-hmm. we have conversations before we begin recording mm-hmm. and we not only had a conversation but a great lunch yes we're like all chatting more <laughs> now um we were talking about some things that some um, companies have done that have made this process a little bit easier and some of the results that have come from sure. that. If you don't mind sharing some of that, I think that's kind of fun to start thinking about how you can work with one another differently. Yeah, sure. I, one of the um, companies is uh, actually MasterCard and they were looking at the various generations and looking at it from a technology standpoint. And so they decided to partner the different generations up in groups and allow the millennials who um, by perception have more love and passion around technology how do you partner with people where this might not be their comfort but how do you help them figure out how to do different things in their businesses so it might have been as simple as how to set up a LinkedIn account to something more complicated on how do you help MasterCard users use their card in better ways through technology so create teams around generations and you leverage those skills Um, another one was Vox Mobile who literally is looking at compensation and how do you compensate people across the generations and look at how you save money as a result of this versus spending more money on the cost of healthcare benefits based on the needs of the various generations. So there are some companies out there who are really leveraging the differences to create assets and actually grow their business and really hopefully impact their customers. Mm-hmm. That's really cool to think yeah, of. Yeah, that is really cool. And you know, I was thinking just about here in finance, um, we have had more of a focus on wellness programming, mm-hmm. and a lot of that has been driven by the expectations and the desires of a younger generation that they want more work-life balance that's more on their minds Mm -hmm. Um, gen x and below that is increasingly more of a thing yes Um, we want work-life balance us gen xers millennials take it a step further and want flexibility absolutely and i want flexibility i do too and so that's what (laughs) see here we go this is a common moment yes that's the goal we all want flexibility and lisa was talking about this earlier about finding that common space and i was thinking you know i'm really really grateful that a generation as large as the millennials because I'm going to tell you what Gen X you look at the breakdowns we are a small little sliver and there's nobody out there marketing to us (laughs) nobody's paying attention to the Gen Xers it's all baby boomers and millennials and here we are in the middle but anyway um, the millennials you all have a huge you're a big wave coming in and your your buying power and your preferences have big impacts and one of those is in the workplace I think where people of that younger generation are 
requiring more flexibility in yes. their jobs. And I think that's delightful because, as Patty said, I want that. <laughs> and I think it's an interesting um, other way to find a way to bridge a gap, which is how do you look at each generation and find something to say thank you for? And so in many ways, I can say thank you for the millennials for deciding that family or some other things are really important to them. Absolutely. Where earlier generations were very committed, and that's a wonderful thing. So how do you bridge loyalty to the work that you do along with loyalty to yourself and find a common ground where everybody can work together? So Mm -hmm. find ways just to say thank you, because each generation has given another generation either the platform platform to do something new or an opportunity to change and that's a great way of, of, of bridging a gap too. say thank you every once in a while for that mm-hmm. that's I an interesting that. concept yeah, yeah. I, really, I really like that mm-hmm. idea of the gratitude yes toward the other generations yeah. and that's a, a way to actually change your mindset absolutely <laughs> absolutely. So, absolutely yeah yeah it's a fun I think concept too it's uh, taking your gratitude jar if you're thinking about a team and how do you bridge this Take a gratitude jar and start writing what are you most grateful for for a person on your team. And what you'll discover is that what you're grateful for ends up being a quality about them and not necessarily just the generation. And then when you can get to the quality, you don't worry so much about what the generation is. You're right. just grateful for the quality and the contribution. Mm-hmm. And so that helps rethink the mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Practically speaking, though, so we're in a... We're in a um, working group with colleagues of all four soon to be five yes. generations yes. in the workplace. No iGen group. <laughs> Don't worry millennials, it's your turn to not be the last out the gate is coming because what are, you, are they Gen Z? They're called um, iGen and what's interesting is uh, they didn't necessarily like iGen as their name so they thought since there was the millennials they would like to change iGen to centennials. Um, so even the group wants to keep changing their name because they're. I don't not remember getting a choice. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I said. <laughs> Which I think there's a power right there, right? There you, you go. Change their own name. Gen X. You would have thought we got to vote. Since I know. We're on the cusp. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You didn't get to choose. No, I think there's power in that that uh, generation right there that they said, no, we want to just follow millennials, so we're going to be centennials. Well, okay. all right, sounds good. So here they come. We're going to have five generations in the workforce. If you don't already right now, look around. You may have an intern somewhere yes. who's in that group. Um, and they do have distinct characteristics, generally speaking. So we're in this room and we're working towards a shared goal as a team. Um, What are some things that, besides some of the great things we've identified so far, like gratitude and trying to find common ground, how how does this really work for us then? Mm -hmm. How can we um, take some practical steps? I think one of the first practical steps is really, um, it's almost like the conversation we're having here, right? Mm -hmm. Just kind of like admit that there are some differences and really have some fun with that. Talk about what those differences are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you pull out uh, some 3M pads and you put up there and you just write down descriptions of what those are that make you different. And then after you do that, go around the room and go and figure out where your commonalities are, right? So that at least gets the conversation started. Break down the stereotypes and the judgments and figure out how to have a little bit of fun around who we are, what we are, and what we actually value. And then take all of that 
and then figure out how do we apply it to the work that we need to do. Look at what's written on the board that are our strengths and then what might be our challenges. It allows everybody to work on their communication skills, it's team building, and something we don't always do. We have some fun. We need to have a little more fun and that allows you to engage in fun but actually do some work as well. And honestly, as I sit here and listen to you describe that, I think it brings, we talk a lot, a lot about work-life balance. And that to me sounds like one of those practical ways to bring life into your work. Yes. And to not just be so structured in a workplace, yes. to get to know people. Yes. And it doesn't mean that we all have to be holding hands and singing Kumbaya, but to know and appreciate the yeah. people you work with. Absolutely. What absolutely. a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the... Um, other part of that is it allows you to have vision, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you take your team across all of these generations and how do you create a vision for what it is you want to do? And for anyone who considers themselves to be a little more competitive, what a great opportunity to leverage all of that as an asset mm -hmm. to make you co more competitive in what it is that you're trying to accomplish. When you start to look at all the things you see around that board um, or you're hearing in the room, how do you leverage that to make you and your team even more effective than maybe the people that you're looking at somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to think about age diversity and the way that we think about other types of diversity in that it's almost our responsibility to achieve that on teams mm -hmm. so that you don't get such a homogenous result. I think about if you are only us. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we're fabulous and really smart. That we're all... I will second that. Yeah. We're all <laughs> basically working... Okay, good. <laughs> we're working on the same generation. And so you might think that we would be inclined to approach things a certain right. way. Mm -hmm. And some of those basic characteristics of Gen Xers, how we are, apparently, I'm referring to my notes here, <laughs> independent, suspicious, entrepreneurial, self-reliant, and demand work-life balance. It, you know, some of those big driving forces with us as a group might predispose us to approaching a problem one certain way. And without that balancing influence of other types of mm -hmm. people from different generations, you risk getting a result that's just not as diverse and interesting and applicable and creative as it could be. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I think when I think about all the generations and they go to talk about work characteristics, it's very interesting. We do all share something in common and it's the desire to have freedom. Uh -huh. mm. Right, and so if you think about what that means across the generations and how do you apply that to work, what does freedom look like on your job, right? What does freedom look like in your team? How do you take freedom? Freedom can be as simple as coming up with a new concept or a new activity. Freedom can be how do we communicate with each other, but how do you leverage those core things that give you all freedom? So if you saw on the board that everybody's talking about freedom and flexibility, how do you leverage that in your team to actually achieve that? And it's a very common thing across all generations, just the simple word freedom. And it's freedom of expression, it's freedom for relationships, it's freedom of thought. How do you leverage that to get you to where you want to go? Wow, that is interesting. That's the common denominator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it may mean something different to every group. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I would like to add the other thought is you can use that opportunity to talk about something around heroes, you know, like who are your heroes and what do you value? Because that gives the team a chance to actually ground their conversation about what's really important to them. And we also get a chance to get past our perceptions because if you think about it, if you were a traditionalist or silent generation, you grew up with a strong family, it was mom and dad, 
and you're surrounded by family. And as we have gone to other generations, the structure of family doesn't look the same. So even in the words that we use, freedom in one family and one situation is different than another. So mm -hmm. how do we get back to commonality? By using words for which we both can function under that both inspire us to do the work that we need to do. Wow. I like that. Um, you talked a little bit about um, some steps to take as a group. So putting things down, asking those questions, talk about freedom, mm -hmm. asking that who is your heroes and what do you value, I love that question. So what, what about on an individual level? Um, so even before you approach your whole team and say let's, let's do this exercise mm -hmm. so that we can work better together and all that stuff. What about, we talked about putting aside judgments and things like that. So on an individual letter, level, what steps do you think are the best to take to reshape your your mindset. One of the things I think is applicable in this topic and so many others is what questions do you ask of yourself, right? What do you ask of, of yourself as it relates to the generations so that you are, um, I don't want to say not necessarily comfortable, but that you are willing to learn and grow. So um, if your thought process is that you tend to think everyone who's a millennial or the iGen generation, they're all just techie, what's the question that you ask yourself to counter that? Like what, what, what should you ask? Like what else might that generation be interested in? What else is important to that generation? So, and I'll use that as an example. So if that's my thought process that I think of them as just being technical or something else, the most fascinating thing about millennials and the iGen generation is for them what's most important is what's going on in the world. Like they're really concerned about the environment and concerned about social issues. So if you think about it, what questions are you asking yourself about the people that you're passing judgment on or the things you're thinking? Mm -hmm. Ask yourself some different questions, right? Or go and ask them. When I tend to think about um, your generation, this is what I think. What else should I be asking myself? Right? Because that allows you to start the phase of questioning where your judgments come from and the things that you should be considering to get through your own judgments. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts we have is the opportunity to really engage in conversation and to be listeners. Not just to want to talk about it. Let me ask you enough questions about your experience, where you come from, what you've done, what's impacting your life, to spend that quality of time to help me rethink or reshape who you are. And I think going back to what you said about age, that journey for someone in age, what have you been through? You were more than the sum total of being whatever, 65, 70, mm -hmm. or 90. What was the experience like? What did you go through? And what can I learn from that mm -hmm. so that I and my journey can be better at asking questions, better at reframing how I think and what I do and my perceptions to help me move forward to be, I think, a better human being and then a better team player? Mm -hmm. I think also that... Um, Asking those questions helps you develop an understanding yes. of where, of, uh, and being able to put yourself in their shoes. Absolutely. And so um, having an understanding of maybe an older person who went through civil rights or Absolutely. movement or, yes. and, and maybe remember the times when um, people of color didn't mm -hmm. have a seat at the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so being able to, or age or women right, or whatever, it doesn't yes, matter. Yes. But being able to understand that they came from a different perspective right. um, doesn't excuse everything no. because there are plenty of people that came from that time that maybe have, you know, a, a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And so 
but it does allow some understanding and maybe compassion. Yeah, yeah. And I think that sometimes when you think about the work of generations is many of our generations have been impacted by war and violence and uh-huh. all types of things. So we have a lot of things that we share, but just because we may share them doesn't mean we had the same experience or we experienced it the same way you did. So I right. think asking that question, I think, um, and my, my mom was uh, in the generation during civil rights, but my mother ended up in the later years being, um, she had her leg amputated. And so my new experience with her generation and that new experience meant I had to ask different questions of her, right? And so when we would go shopping for shoes, it's a very different experience when someone has an, uh, a prosthetic and a, uh, in, a, in the leg versus just the having both your traditional legs. So it's like, what questions do you need to ask to help people transition through mm-hmm. whatever their actual experience are? Because they're experiencing it very differently than you're experiencing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a question that is powerful because if you ask me something, Thing, it also tells me that you care, mm-hmm. right? And that is a powerful thing to say to someone across all generations that I respect you and care enough about you that I want to understand what your situation is, right. whatever that boundary is that you're crossing. Well, and like you said earlier, it puts you in a position of listening. It puts you in a position of listening, absolutely. So, yes. And like we've encountered many, many times on this podcast, I feel like we always end up coming back to the common point, is, which is that none, none of these great things that we want to do happen if we don't do the work absolutely and there's nothing that just sort of changes or you just change your mind or um you you can't expect different results until you do something differently yes and if you just sit and think about things the same way that you have always thought about them you will continue to get the same results so you know if it involves asking a few more questions um putting yourself in someone else's place and really thinking about where they're coming from that's that's really where we where we need to be with a lot of these different topics that mm-hmm. we we cover. Yeah. yeah, that's why I asked the question of what what would you do on an individual level? Yeah, because yeah. I feel like all these things start with yourself. I yeah, mean, that's that's we go. Back we to we're never going to show again. you how to fix other people. <laughs> <laughs> Wish we could, right. because only you can do it and make. We've a got a list right, of people. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. You can't make, but you can't make other people listen to this podcast. You right. can't make other right. people, you know, participate in this activity that where you put flip charts up yes. and talk about differences in generations. Yes. But you can change your mind, your own mindset. Yes. And I think you can, like Lisa was saying, be part of a team environment or an interpersonal relationship where that understanding is sought. Yes. Just demonstrating that willingness to yeah. the other person in the relationship and or to the group that's involved ignites some yes. positive change. Absolutely. So that other people think of things that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a genuineness to asking the question of yourself first and foremost, mm-hmm. because then when you go to ask the question of someone else, you've done your own personal assessment and you're comfortable uh, with yourself enough to be able to say, now let me ask this of you so I can learn something about you as well. Yeah. And I think it's so important to do your own work first. Right, and then yes. you'll be ready when they say, well, what about you? Right, yeah. absolutely, absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah. yes. And, you know, dorky confession time, I am a sucker for a good self-assessment. <laughs> That's a, a, like those, from like the silly personality test to like what your favorite color says about you, all the way to 
the temperament sorter. I like them all. Um, I'm not sure how what that actually says about my self awareness, but it's fun. You're probably really self aware. <laughs> well, maybe we'll see. So anyway, um, I I would encourage our listeners. Like I said, we'll link in the show notes these gener- general generational categories. So if it's not something that you've thought about before, if you've taken it for granted that you know, you know wh- how your um, generation, your background, your year of birth affects you. Um, you might want to check it out and think, of, take that knowledge with you when you go into your next act, meeting or your next um, relationship with someone who's different than you, because you may start to see how your generation affects your Essence. personality and the, the decisions that you make and how theirs might affect theirs. Can I just throw something in? Sure. It's um, interesting because, again, when you ask about the individual thing, mm-hmm. if you're sitting at a meeting and you're listening to the diversity in the room, if someone is saying something, if you find yourself making a comment about that person in that moment of judgment, rethink it and say, what should I be asking instead at this moment of myself? Yeah. Instead of just assuming that this is their place and whatever you may think, take a few seconds in that moment and ask yourself, Ah, I just passed the judgment or put the person in the category. Yep. What should I be thinking differently in this moment so I can move on and be able to do this personal assessment and then the group assessment? Mm-hmm. As, I, as you say that, I think about a common thing that might happen is sitting in a meeting and someone's talking about um, why something can't be done Absolutely. a certain way. And yes, you may perfect. chalk that up to them being an old bogey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it may be because their experience... Uh, and the long years of doing it has truly shown that there is a reason why that can't be done. Or, point. or as you said, it might reveal that there's something else that needs to be addressed. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I mean, they're all things that, all, all these ways of thinking about our differences can help us to achieve better results rather than just writing one another off. Yes, yes. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground in... Gosh, is that almost 30 minutes? <laughs> you um, mentioned something at the beginning, Lisa, that I want to make sure that we cover. Sure. You mentioned the triple A's. Yes, so. thanks. Yes, yes. Yeah, we did want to get to that. Yeah, yeah we, um, when we're doing the work around bridging the gap, we have this process we call it the triple A. Um, the first A is awareness. Um, to really ensure that you're aware individually, as Patty mentioned, where you sit in this understanding of generations and that you're asking yourself the questions that you should be asking of yourself that you're also aware of the people on your team and, 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 and your thought processes around your team and your group. The next thing is to have your group come to some level of agreement. So the second A is agree. How do we agree on the next steps and what we need to do to address this gap and to bridge that gap through conversation and activities? And then the last A is act, which is actually put something in place to help you bridge that gap and then to leverage that gap and create an asset. So again, what can we do leveraging our differences to actually achieve whatever the goals and objectives actually are? Mm-hmm. That's great. That is solid advice. Mm-hmm. So I guess to wrap things up today, um, again, we're going to have to advise our audience to step outside of your comfort zone as you work with your colleagues. Yes. And that's something that I take as good advice for myself too. Um, before we even started re- recording, Lisa said something that I wrote down, which is catch yourself before you sit in judgment. Yes. And going back to that um, idea of asking questions, what should I be asking instead? That is a really good guide. Mm-hmm. Anything else, ladies? No, I think you got it. 
I would just like to encourage um, people to, as we talked about a little earlier too, read articles, the things that you're going to attach, watch some videos on generational uh, gaps and how people are bridging it. And I, I just think it's a fascinating subject for the time in which we live. It, do, you, do you guys do in talent development a class on bridging the generation yes. gap? Yes, we Why do. Why don't you plug that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for those Shame of, on me, the market For those of, of you group. on the UVA grounds. <laughs> yep. Yes, if you will actually... Um, uh, go on the uh, Leadership Excellence website for now until it converts over. We will, uh, you can find all of our classes uh, posted on the Talent Development website. And uh, Bridging the Leadership Gap, there will be at least six of those this year. Fine. And um, a plug out to the um, preceptors because they're going, we're actually hosting classes specifically for preceptors on the subject of Bridging the Generations Gap as well. Okay. Awesome. I'll link to those. Yeah. So those are for people within the university. I know we have an expanding audience of people outside the University of Virginia. Right, Brandy? We do. A Um, few. And uh, hey, everybody. So um, there are some online courses as well. So yes, you can go to lynda.com. Lynda.com has them. Yes, absolutely. And then for people outside, um, there's you know I'm sure other organizations and and. I'll put together a nice little list um, to go in the show notes. Yeah, it would be great. Such a cool one. It is so fun. (laughs) Such a cool topic. Um, Something we hadn't talked about before. Thank you, Lisa, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. And I bet we'll have you back at some point. I bet we will. I would love to come back. (laughs) So as far as today's episode, that's all we have for you. But we are planning a lot of really cool content for the upcoming year. And we hope that you will be vocal about the things that you might like to hear on finance matters or things that might be helpful to you. You can reach out to us at UVA underscore finance on Twitter. If you're within UVA, you can email myself or Patty. You can also check out the UVA finance blog at uvafinance.blogspot.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you know something, somebody who's doing good work up here in UVA or a topic you'd like to hear about, just let us know. That's all we have for now. Until next time, do good work because what you're doing matters.